Welcome this morning. It's wonderful to see each one, every one of you. It's a beautiful fall day. I hope that you get outside today, let the wind blow in your face, and let a leaf fall on you. I love this time of year. Uh, I pray that this morning, as I prayed this morning, that you will do that, that before you leave this place today, that you won't just come in and go out, but that we are meant to gather here together so that we can be together, that we might encourage one another on towards love and good deeds, that you might not just say hello to people that you already know, but people that you don't know, and greet them, welcome them, and encourage one another in following after Christ. This morning, we're going to be in First Peter again. Uh, I don't often talk to my boys up here, but one of my boys said, really, Dad, you're going to preach another sermon on the same set of verses? And said, yes, no, I don't normally do that, but there's, this is one of these unusual passages where there's so much going on. So we've talked about the work of the Father. The, all three persons of the Trinity are mentioned in the first uh, two verses of First Peter. And so we've talked about the work of the Father and the electing work of his, his work according to his foreknowledge, the work of the Son last week and his atoning work for our salvation that is his work that is accomplished on the cross so that grace might be extended to us. And now this morning we'll talk about the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. There is much confusion about the work of the Holy Spirit in the world. Uh, much said about the work of the Holy Spirit, but I want to argue for you this morning and always that the primary work of the Holy Spirit is a saving work. The work of the Holy Spirit is a part of the work of God, which I mentioned some weeks ago, that the work of the Lord, the primary work in the, of the Lord in the world is to glorify himself through the salvation of souls. And so we're going to see this morning that the Holy Spirit is working towards our salvation in that we are being saved through the work of the Holy Spirit as he is actively making us more like Christ Jesus. So what I mean by that is, in one sense, our salvation, those who have come to Christ Jesus, one sense, our salvation is in the past in that we have been justified by grace through faith, but in another sense, our salvation is ongoing through this sanctifying work that we'll talk about this morning, that the Holy Spirit is continuing to see us be saved as we become more like Christ. And there is another sense in which our salvation is not yet complete and will one day be finally completed in glory when we pass from death to life in Christ Jesus and are in heaven. And all that the work of the Lord was doing is completed in our lives. So in a sense, we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will finally, ultimately be saved. And so the work of the Holy Spirit is a work of sanctification in our current ongoing lives. So let's read one last time, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Please stand to honor the Lord with me this morning as we read these once more. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion, to Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. I tell you, I began this morning and that it's always hard 
to preach sermons on subjects like this. To preach a sermon about sanctification and all that the Holy Spirit is doing to make us more like Christ makes you look back at yourself and see all your many sins and failings and inadequacies. And so it's very hard for me as a sinner to stand up here before you and say all that we ought to be doing in Christ Jesus. But let us understand that we struggle together in these things and that there is not a single one of us here that is perfect, not a single one of us that is without the need of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And part of what we are doing in church together is to pray for one another and to encourage one another on that we might make progress in the gospel, that we might see more of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we strive in this. And so the drive of the sermon this morning is that we might hear the words of Christ Jesus, that we be doers of the word. We're not here this morning just to learn things about God and increase our knowledge of the Lord, but that that knowledge of Christ Jesus might go into application, strengthened and enabled by the Holy Spirit, that we might be different people in the way that we live for the sake of Christ Jesus. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which is a lot said there about what Jesus would have us to do and how he would have us to live, is that final story of a person who either builds their house on a rock or builds their house on, a, on the sand. And Jesus says, he who hears the word of the Lord and goes and does it is like the person who builds their house upon a rock. And so we want to be those who are doers of the word. And we'll find this morning that the, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, it is by the grace of God in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that you and I are able to make progress in obeying the Lord Jesus. So sanctification is the personal work of the Holy Spirit to apply the atonement of Christ to your life. It is the personal work of the Holy Spirit to apply the atonement of Christ Jesus to your life. Last week we talked about Christ Jesus dying as a substitute on the cross for us, that our sins might be paid for, that we might walk in newness of life. And so this newness of life comes to us by the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to see that it's a personal work. Just like each and every person that comes to salvation comes one at a time, one heart at a time, putting their faith in Christ Jesus and believing in him, that they might be born again. So it is with the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, that each person makes choices day by day in your own heart between you and the Lord to make progress or not in sanctification. We know what it means to see someone else or someone that we love or know struggle with sin and come alongside them and, and give them advice or minister to them God's word and strive with them to help them make progress in the faith. But we also know that the only way that person actually makes progress is when that person decides in their heart to go and do what you're striving to tell them to do, praying for them to do. They must personally make those choices. And so the Holy Spirit is working personally in each one of the hearts of every Christian to strengthen them and bring them along in this journey of sanctification. So the work is also the process of becoming set apart from the world in holiness. There's a reason why God's Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. It's a spirit of holiness, which means to be set apart from the sinful things of the world. If we look a little bit further down in 1 Peter chapter 1, we get to verses 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct 
since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Holiness is being set apart from wickedness. It is a, a righteous life. And so the Lord Jesus, he is perfect in his holiness and he is calling us toward his perfection and holiness. And so our holiness as Christians is not just a, it's not a physical separation. It's not us creating communes and cloisters or it's not a political separation or an economic separation. It is a separation of righteousness. Jesus Christ walked in the streets and lived among the people that he lived with, but his separation was in the, the fact that he followed after Christ. He was, I'm sorry, he was divine in his being. He was perfect in the way that he lived, and that set him apart. And it was obvious that there was something different about him, even though he dressed the same, lived in the same places, worked as a carpenter when he was younger, but there was something that was divine about him. And so as we go and live in the work of the Holy Spirit of sanctification, there is something of the Lord that is made known through the way that we live with the people around us. There's something different, a separation. When we come to know Christ as our Savior, there is to be a definite break with sin in our life. And this has to do with this calling to holiness and this sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. This relates to repentance and faith. John the Baptist came preaching, repent of your sins and believe. And Jesus was the same way right behind him, repent of your sins and believe. And so there's something about belief that comes with repentance. And repentance is this idea that I am turning away from the things of this world. I don't want the things of this world anymore. I realize that the things of this world are dead and empty and will not produce the life that I am seeking. And so I'm turning away from these things and by faith I am believing in Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so through repentance and faith, there is a definite break with the things of the past. When we come to Christ Jesus in new birth and the Holy Spirit comes into our life to indwell us, the ruling power of sin is broken in our life. The way that Paul speaks about it is an enslavement to sin is broken. Yes, the presence of sin is still in our life. We'll talk about that more here in a moment. But we are no longer enslaved to sin. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to act and do things that we never could do before because we are strengthened by God's Spirit to be able to do these things. And our love for the sinful things of the world is broken and our affections begin to be replaced to where we love things that we did not love before. We love the things of God in a way that we did not love them before. They become beautiful where before they were of emptiness to us. And so this work of the Holy Spirit of sanctification is turning us away from the sin of the world and turning us toward the things of God. Romans chapter 6 verse 11 says this, Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There's something that happens in our thinking. I don't want to be a part of the world anymore. These things that used to attract me are now ugly, and I see the way that they destroy and the sinfulness of them, and I am considering myself dead to them, putting them to death, and considering myself alive to God in Christ Jesus. After justification, we are becoming like Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
the power of the Holy Spirit to make all things new and to complete what he has begun. So the work of the Lord that begins at the new birth and goes into justification and then into sanctification and then into glorification, it is a work of the Lord Jesus in our life. And so we must note here, before we go on too much further about sanctification, is that sanctification is the result of justification and not the cause. Sanctification is the result of justification, not the cause of justification. Now let me, let me go into that a little bit more because this is one of the things that is very problematic for people that don't understand the gospel. How many times have you heard a person say, I am too much of a sinner or I have done too many things wrong to come to the Lord? That's a person that believes that their sanctification will result in their justification. They think that cleaning themselves up and making themselves more righteous will cause God to declare them not to be guilty. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is in fact exactly the opposite that we come to the Lord God as ruined, broken sinners with hearts that are wayward and nothing to offer to God. We cannot clean ourselves up. If you think that you can clean yourself up, which is a divine work, and then come and commend yourself to God for all the great things that you have done, and God congratulates you and welcome you into his heaven for all the great things that you have done, you've either never read the Bible or you just really don't understand the gospel. And I'm pleading with you this morning to understand that we are saved by grace alone through faith. And so when we reach the point that we know we can't do anything to earn our salvation, that's when you're right at the threshold of salvation. Because that's when you're going to call out to God for grace. Lord God, on your knees, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. Will you have mercy on me? And then the the grace of God is poured out upon you. And you are forgiven of your sins through the faith that you have in Christ Jesus. And that is when you will join in this singing crowd here this morning, glorifying God as your Savior, knowing that you couldn't do anything, but by grace alone you were saved. And so I want you to see this morning that sanctification, growing in godliness, is the result of justification, not the cause of our justification. If what I just said does not make sense to you, I want you to come and talk to me after the service because that is, it is very, very important that you understand this. And if you are a person here this morning that feels like what I just said, I am too sinful of a person to come to salvation, I want you to know that Christ Jesus is willing to forgive anything and everything that you have done. If you will repent of your sins and believe in Christ Jesus, he will pour his mercy out upon you this morning. The Bible describes the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in three ways. It describes the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit as cooperative, as progressive, and as ever incomplete in this life. Cooperative, progressive, and ever incomplete in this life. So beginning with cooperative, there are many analogies of the Christian life in the Bible, uh, and they all have to do with different aspects that are active, very active striving analogies, farming analogies, battle analogies, long race analogies. All of these analogies have to do with active struggling and hard work. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Paul writes to Christians and appeals to them to present themselves before God in a self-sacrificing way. 
presenting ourselves to God as something that's active. We're giving, we're bringing ourselves before God and saying and doing certain things. And this is one uh, way in which our active seeking after God is presented in the scriptures. One of my favorites is Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There's so much of the work of God and so much of our activity in those few verses. We see striving, an analogy of striving, casting off of sin that's entangling, would trip us up that we might fall, looking to Jesus and running with endurance. All of these things are pointing towards the striving and the activity, the cooperation of sanctification and our part in struggling. But it's made very clear to us by Jesus, and especially in the book of Acts. If you haven't read the book of Acts lately, I encourage you to do that. It's the account of the establishment of the early church. And if anything jumps off the page as a difference between the Gospels and the book of Acts, is that the people that are in the early church could not do what they were called to do by God without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that animates and makes all the difference in the early church. And so in John chapter 14, as Jesus is with his disciples there at the Last Supper, he says this to them as he speaks much about the Holy Spirit during that time. But John 14, 16, and 17, Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so Jesus speaks to them of the Holy Spirit as a helper, one who comes alongside, a spirit of truth that will in fact indwell them, which is a glorious thought and something to, to think on. What it means that God's spirit is in fact indwelling us when we come to know him as Savior, and he is there to help us to come alongside us. We all feel our weakness and inadequacy so much in the Christian life. As we look at the standard of the divine Jesus Christ and we think, I would, can never be that way. I could never do these things that are called upon me to do. And then we ask for God's spirit to strengthen us, to help us, to change us, to come alongside us and help us to make progress in being more like Christ and it's so clear in our lives when we, both you and me, when our prayer life grows cold or we shut the Bible for a long time because we're just busy or we're distracted in one way or another or we forsake the fellowship of other Christians, we begin to feel that weakness and that waywardness and that coldness in our heart and we know that something has happened. And then we realize what has happened is that I have gone away from God's Spirit. It's been a long time since I've called out and asked for the Lord to strengthen me. And it's been a long time since I've spent time in God's Word and prayerfully asked the Lord to come alongside me. And it is nearness again to the Lord Jesus which revives and strengthens and lights the fire of our Christian life. 
And so the Holy Spirit is sent to help you in this Christian life, to sanctify you as the Spirit works in your life to make you more like Christ Jesus. And so I want you to see the goodness and the rightness as we are striving in this Christian life to call out to the Holy Spirit to help us in these things, to bear the fruit that only the Spirit can bear in our life, which takes us to the next part, which is, it is a progressive work. So the work of sanctification is a cooperative work. It is between us and God working together with the primary work being the Holy Spirit. But then it is also a progressive work. It is not something that happens all at one shot. I love uh, when people are honest in their testimonies and they will remember the time that they prayed to receive Christ and, and they say, I prayed and I, I thought that maybe when I opened my eyes up from the prayer, I'd be a, a just totally different person. And they opened their eyes and they were pretty much the same person they were before, except their heart was different towards the Lord, whereas they were an enemy of God in their heart before. Now they love the Lord, but suddenly they realize they have such a long way to go in the sinfulness of their life. And so it is a progressive work. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I believe that this sanctifying transition in our lives begins in our mind, this renewing of the mind. I think we all understand that the way we think about things dictates the way we act about things. When we think something about a person we begin to act in that way. And so the changing of our life begins with the changing of our mind and helping us to understand who God is and what his will is. And so by studying the Bible, we learn who God is and what his will is. So many people before they come to Christ think they know who God is and they think they understand what God's will is. And then they begin to read the Bible and they realize how wrong they were and how off they were. And the Bible tests them and challenges them to think about things they never thought about before and go in directions that they did not even consider beforehand. And so this being transformed by the renewing of our mind begins with the scriptures. And we need to understand that the Holy Spirit will never lead us counter to the scriptures. The Spirit leads us by the scriptures. One of the works or roles of the Holy Spirit in sanctifying us is to illumine our minds to the scriptures. That we read the Bible and God's Spirit works to shine light upon it, to make it clear, to make it beautiful where it wasn't before, to help us see and be convicted of what we ought to do and how we ought to do it in a way that we did not understand before the Holy Spirit was at work in our lives. But somehow, after we come to Christ, the Bible becomes beautiful, and it becomes more clear, and we begin to feel its authority in our lives, and God uses it to change our lives by the work of his sanctifying Holy Spirit. So as we present ourselves to God, as we strive after Christ, as we study the scriptures, as we pray, as we fellowship together with other Christians and we walk in obedience to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit begins to change our affections. Those of you that have been here long have heard me say this many times that we will be driven in the direction of our affections. 
you will do what you want to do. You will do what you love. And as we come to Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit changes us and sanctifies us, the Holy Spirit changes the affections of our heart to where we find that we love things that we did not love before and we desire things that we did not desire before. And this changes our actions and progressively we bear more fruit in God's Spirit. And so what happens is our language changes. Things that we used to say, we don't say anymore. Things that we didn't say, we start saying. Meaning we didn't used to encourage people or we didn't used to ask to pray for people. And now we do because in Christ we want to. Our humor changes. What we think is funny, what we want to be around changes. We find that we become more honest. We become less uh, we become more kind. We stop lying. We have less anxiety in our lives. We find that we want to do good to others, even those that are our enemies. Whereas before we may have worked against them, now we work for them. And I would argue that this part of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, this refining process, begins with the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. So as we've come to understand more about God through his word and our mind is instructed as to who God is, the Holy Spirit uses that scripture and that word to then convict us of wrong. And so we become convicted that we shouldn't have said what we just said or we shouldn't have done what we just did. And then there is the process of action. Each and every one of us, when we come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, are either going to act or not act. And when you say yes and you act according to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, peace comes to your heart because you know that you have obeyed God. And in that, there is peace between you and God. And God doesn't back the truck up and convict you of everything that you've ever done to where it's overwhelming. I find that the Lord works by His Spirit one piece at a time, one step at a time, convicting you of one thing at this time that needs to be worked on. And when we act upon the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the peace of Christ Jesus comes and we make some progress, then conviction will come again. And then we must act again. And then there, must, there will be peace again that comes from the Holy Spirit. So I would ask you this morning if you are under conviction of anything. Conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit. It may seem bad because it's very uncomfortable, but it's a part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so if you are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit this morning, I want to urge you to act. It may be that you've been under the conviction of the Holy Spirit for a long time about something that you just are unwilling to let hold of, let go of. There's a beautiful uh, record in the book of Acts of Paul preaching at a certain church and calling for the people that were involved, in this case with sorcery and witchcraft, to bring out all the books and the things that they had and to burn them all. And they did. They brought them out and they had a big bonfire and they got rid of all this wicked stuff that was in their homes. They brought it out and they purged their households. And so I would ask you this morning, as you are under conviction, have you acted on that conviction or have you buried it? Because what happens in the Christian life when we bury conviction, the Lord doesn't let go of us. What he does instead is he brings discipline into our life. Just like a parent that loves a child who wants to see that child make progress, they don't just let them go run their own way. They discipline them and they pray for them. And so it is with the Lord that he will discipline you if you do not hear the conviction that he brings into your life. And the discipline of the Lord is hard 
but it's always for our good. But it's so much easier and better if we say yes to the conviction of the Lord and act and do and confess and then purge from our life or begin to do something that we were not doing that we might make progress in sanctification. These changes of the heart and attitude and action are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. I spoke to you some weeks ago about John 15 and the vine branch analogy. If you missed that sermon, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I can't re-preach it here. But we are to be connected to Christ. We are to be near to him, abiding near him. And as we call out and ask for God to bear the fruits of his spirit in our life, he will bear those fruits. He will change us. And the master virtue is love. We can gauge our life as to whether or not we are growing in Christ or falling away from Christ as to the amount of love in our life, whether we are loving our neighbor, loving our spouse, loving our children, showing the love of Christ to our co-workers, to the people that we are at in church, whether our life overflows with the love of Christ or not. To read to you a little bit about this, a, a wonderful quote from Jonathan Edwards, if love is the sum of Christianity, Surely those things which overthrow love are very unbecoming to Christians. An envious Christian, a malicious Christian, a cold and hard-hearted Christian is the greatest absurdity and contradiction. It is as if one should speak of a dark brightness or a false truth. There cannot be an unloving Christian. A Christian will be a person full of love, and that love overflows in joy, and then in patience, and then in kindness, and gentleness, and all of these things which are fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so when you see a decline of love in your life, it is time to confess what the problem is, and call out to God, and ask for the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit of Christian love in your life. If you don't see a marked increase in love in your life after years of being a Christian, you must pray and ask for more of a, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Praying for more fruit, praying for more of God's Spirit. I remember a time in college when I wanted to see spiritual progress in my life, and to me it was all about more of my own personal discipline. And I kept failing and failing because my own personal discipline was not enough to bear fruit in Christ Jesus because it was all about me and not about the work of the Holy Spirit. And when I began to understand that I can't do these things and I need to call out to God that His Spirit might bear these things in me, that He might be glorified for the progress, not me, that was when I began to truly make progress, I believe, in the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. I think an example that's helpful to me of the long period that it takes for God to work in our lives and how sanctification is a long journey of decades and not weeks or months is the idea of taking a rough rock and putting it into a stream that flows quickly. And if you take that rock out in a week, it's not going to look much different than it did when you put it in a week before. But if you put that rock in that quick flowing stream and you bring it out 20 years later, what's going to have happened to it? All the edges will have been worn off and it will be smooth. That's why you can go pick up these beautiful smooth rocks out of these rivers that have been tumbling and tumbling and flowing over. And I believe that the work of the Holy Spirit and the way that Scripture works in our lives is like that. As the years flow on and God works in our life, slowly He buffs off all the rough edges and corners. And as the decades go by, those who are in Christ become more and more like Jesus. 
and all the hard edges and the rough corners are rubbed off till we are smooth because of the work of the Lord Jesus over time in our lives. So the work of the Holy Spirit is cooperative. It is progressive, but it is also ever incomplete in this life. We're talking this morning about sanctification, not perfection. All throughout Christianity, there's been a struggle as to what Jesus said when he said, be perfect as I am perfect. And it's right. The standard of Christ Jesus is perfection, but that perfection will not be accomplished in this life. Perfection will not be attained until after death is overcome and we enter into eternal life and the glory of heaven. The Lord's prayer should not be a surprise to us in that the Lord's prayer has in there that we should confess our sins and forgive those who have sinned against us. Why? Because all of us are in need of regularly confessing our sins to the Lord. John says in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And those that would say that they are without sin are self-deceived. There is a great blindness that has come upon them. Instead, the very next verse is about confess your sins and be forgiven because Christ Jesus is faithful. And so we are to be a people making progress, but not a progress that will be complete in this life. The final stage of sanctification is glorification, where the presence of sin is removed and the resurrection glory of Jesus Christ becomes a reality in our lives. But I want you to hear me clearly that I didn't say deification. This is what Mormonism and various other false religions teach, that when we one day enter into the glories of heaven, that we will not become like Christ, but we will become a God. That is not what the Bible teaches. We will always be the creature. He will always be the creator. We will always be the one glorifying him. We will never be the ones receiving glory from another. There's a very big distinction here that you need to see. And so the presence of sin will be removed and the resurrection glory of Christ, we will share in these things. But until then, our growth in sanctification will be somewhat like the stock market which has been rough lately. And so uh, those of us that have uh, pensions and things like this, it's just been a, it's been a tough, tough time. Well, what happens with the stock market? The, the history of the U.S. stock market is that it reaches lows, but after it reaches a low, it always reaches a new high. And so it's an analogy to the Christian life. The Christian life is not a straight-up growth. Any of us that have lived for decades understand that there's, it's, it's up, it's up, it's up, and then there's a difficult, hard time. But then it reaches new heights as the Lord raises us up in his spirit. And so it's a staggered growth that is always increasing until the Lord Jesus brings us home. Don't be discouraged when you go through a low place. The scriptures call it a valley of the shadow of death. But the Lord will be with you and bring you through that valley and out the other side to a high place. A place where you become very aware of his presence and his work in your life again. Be assured of the gracious work of the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about the Holy Spirit as a down payment for our eternal security in Christ Jesus. A little bit of heaven that is with us now through the Holy Spirit, and it will not be removed, for it was put there by grace through faith. 
So we press on, and I urge you this morning to press on towards the high calling of Christ Jesus, that we might obey Jesus because we love him and because he has loved us unconditionally by grace. So going back to where we began the sermon earlier, is that as Christians, we are called to be doers of the word. Those that go out and live doing what we have been called to do in the scriptures. Let us pray for more of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, more of the sanctifying work of Christ Jesus that we might live for him in this world, a greater desire for Christ, a putting off of the old self, a putting to death of sinful things, and a putting on of Christ, a seeking to be filled with the love of Christ for those that are around us. I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord Jesus this morning. This is a big audience, and there's no telling. Probably every way that a person could be represented is somewhere here this morning. But the Holy Spirit knows where you are this morning in your relationship with God. If you don't know Christ as your Savior at all this morning, I call upon you to repent and believe, to turn away from the things of this world that are empty, to recognize your own sinfulness, and to put your faith and your trust in Christ Jesus. If you've never been baptized, I call upon you to be baptized. To be baptized is to follow publicly after Christ Jesus, to recognize before the world that Jesus is Lord. And when we obey the word of the Lord, the, the Lord blesses our lives. And this is a step of obedience. We'll be baptizing next week. We have quite a few already being baptized. And if you know that you have not entered into this, I would encourage you to do so that you live in joy and that you live in the love of Christ and that you live authentically seeking after the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit that you might make progress in this Christian life. Let's pray together.